0: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Green Canary. Today on the pod, we are going to have a chat. It might even be a bit more of a debate. We'll see what Elfie thinks. We'll see what I think. But we're going to talk about Blockade Australia, the people who uh, stuck a car in front of the harbour tunnel to push their climate action cause. Were they right? Were they wrong? We're going to go there. We're also going to revisit A little story we talked about in March about a sham carbon credit scheme. Looks like we're going to get an overhaul to all of that, to carbon pricing in Australia. Bring that on. Now, we've also got a little bit of good news. Love some good news at the end about Australia's rarest marsupial. Not going to tell you what it is. Going to have to listen to the end for that one. We'll be talking about flooding in Sydney again and the climate influences Behind that, there is so much on the show today. I am bringing it to you as ever with Elfie Scott. I'm Aunt Sherwood. If that's important to you as well, how are you, <laughs> Elfie?
1: I'm good, thank you, Aunt. How was your weekend?
0: Well, I think we just talked about the flooding in Sydney and that more or less, look, luckily I'm not one of the 32,000 people whose homes is in in, in the way of the floodwaters, but Mm -hmm. uh, certainly anything exciting that I would have done, oh, who am I kidding? I do nothing exciting on the weekends anyway, (laughs) but were I, uh, you know, possibly... Have been going to do something exciting. Wasn't happening. Too much rain.
1: Oh, fair enough. What about you? I drove up to Newcastle to visit friends, and I got to say, don't drive a Toyota Yaris down the motorway when there are just like massively buffeting winds trying to push your car off it. It's quite freaky. But we will talk about the rain in a second and what's been going on with Sydney weather. Mm -hmm. But let's get into our first story of the week. Uh, This week, the former Australian chief scientist has been has been pinned by the government to lead the review into the botched carbon credit scheme. So the Labor government is launching their review of Australia's carbon credit scheme Um do you remember talking about this about three months ago when we said that uh, the former head of Australia's Emissions Reduction Assurance Committee, Professor Andrew McIntosh, had come forward to say that the carbon credit scheme was mostly a sham and not operating nearly as well as it should have? And what do you remember of this story? This,
0: this is what I'll tell you what I remember. I've, I've, I went and got a little quote this morning because this is what Andrew McIntosh said at the time. Uh, this professor who blew the whistle on on the <laughs> scams, he said, people are getting credits for not clearing forests that were never going to be cleared anyway. They're getting credits for growing trees that are already there. They're getting credits for growing forests in places that will never even sustain permanent forests. Dot, 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 dot. The whole process was just gobbledygook and so it looks like it's going to be cleaned up
1: yeah yeah absolutely so it was partially uh due to professor Andrew McIntosh's uh coming out as a whistleblower in that process but then there was also a bit of research that came out at the end of last year saying that the credits didn't represent real emissions that were being curbed so at the time Chris Bowen uh had promised a review looks like that is going to happen and they've appointed their lead uh academic and researcher so yeah we'll have to keep an eye on that in the coming weeks
0: this is a uh, arrow that has been fired by chris bowen a Bowen arrow i am so sorry oh for my that. god
1: and let's move on Christ. let's let's all move right.
0: on i'm so sorry <laughs> to, to, to all of you out there for that uh, abominable pump <laughs> thank
1: you for pump. apologizing
0: thank you all right floods <laughs> floods now i want to talk about these because uh there is a climate signal there i just don't want to mince it mince around elfie um you can always take this sort of line that goes look Uh, anytime there's extreme weather, we've always had extreme weather. You can also say that anytime there's extreme weather, which we seem to be having more of, it's because climate change makes extreme weather more likely in the first instance and more intense when it does come. Mm -hmm. Every climate scientist in the world has told us that. And that's what's happening. We've now had four of these severe flood events in Sydney in 18 months.
1: Can you tell me the details of this particular flood and what's happening around Sydney at the moment?
0: Look, this is what, what we call an East Coast low, which is you know a low pressure system that sits off the East Coast. The, these lows, they they funnel warm water from the sea straight onto the land and that, that just gathers so much moisture which falls as rain. We had 595 millimetres fall just over the weekend just out of Berry new south wales um let's call it 600 mils 600 mils is the annual average rainfall of melbourne hobart and canberra give or take wow give or take. we had melbourne or hobart or canberra's annual rainfall in a weekend that just south of sydney absolutely
1: wild it's a
0: vast amount of rain as i say it's the fourth time in in 18 months that These sorts of readings uh, are being read. There's also, has to be mentioned, there is a pool of water off the New South Wales coast that is two to three degrees warmer than usual. Um, I know people in Sydney were were swimming up until um, May, June. Oh, I went
1: for a swim... A week ago? Yeah. It's warm.
0: It's not unpleasant. There is much, much, much warmer. And look, the ocean goes like that. There are warm pools. There are cold pools. It's it's not uniform. But the bottom line is we have climate signals all over this thing. Now, I did speak to a meteorologist today. Um, He he was so busy that um, I wasn't able to record um, his, his thoughts, as you can imagine. Meteorologists are a little bit in demand at times like this. But he did say, uh, yeah, look, we call these things compound weather events. That means there's a lot of things feeding into it. But he said the climate signal is very, very strong, that climate change is affecting the whole meteorological system and this seems to be a good example of it. So did this unbelievable weather in Sydney get caused by climate change? Not directly, but Pretty much, but essentially, in, in a roundabout way, absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's something we've spoken about a couple of times before, right? When we look at these sort of weather events, and there used to be quite a lot of trepidation and conservatism around saying, you know, this is climate change. This is representative of a warming planet. But the reasonable sort of uh, conclusion that we've come to through the help of a lot of our experts is that you can view basically all weather through the framework of climate change from now on.
0: All extreme weather. Yes, exactly. Um, Again, we've always had extreme weather, but it's coming too often. It's too extreme when it gets here. This is yet another climate change event affecting the east coast of Australia this week.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's move on. Let's talk about protests this week shall we because this is something that people have likely seen a lot of headlines about particularly Sydney Ciders. you may have even been one of the people who were caught up in traffic for a couple of hours while this was happening during the week But it is all down to one group, Blockade Australia, and they've been causing a lot of noise this week with disruptive protests in Sydney during peak hour travel. You mentioned that there was even one protester who blocked the harbour tunnel uh, in the morning during peak hour traffic. Um, And basically the group is saying that they're going hard in a bid to draw attention to the climate emergency, which they've said they hoped would mean people in power would have to take them seriously. Uh, The person who blocked the Harbour Bridge tunnel was a protester called Marley Cooper. She is in her early 20s and she basically cuffed herself to her steering wheel. Um, It's also important, and I think that listeners should understand this, that Marley is from Lismore. So that gives some really strong context as to why somebody would have done this. Anyway... Let's listen to an interview with Molly, who appeared on the project this week, because I think that it gives some nice insight into what she was thinking and why the group would choose to do something like this.
0: Of a car, what
1: made you take such extreme action? Anxiety about the way that the world is going, a lot of fear about the way that we treat the planet and the fact that there are people who are determined to extract vast numbers of resources from this earth and the implications that that has on all of us, as well as the fact that it is typically less privileged people who experience the impact of climate change and climate devastation that is happening here and now. All right. So that was Marley Cooper on the project. And I thought that that, you know, what she was saying there kind of ties hand in hand with another quote that came from uh, another blockade Australia protester in the media this week, who said that he'd been arrested and he hates the idea of getting on roads and getting arrested. But what I hate more is that the kids in my life might not have anything to eat in 30 years time. Uh, So and you know, these protesters, we should say, also are reacting to the new punitive New South Wales laws, which have been cracking down on environmental protest and saying, you know, if you block trains, if you block roads uh, or any sort of uh, integral infrastructure, then you will go to jail for two L- laws years. Laws which or- were
0: put in place because of Blockade Australia, because yes, of this exactly. group's previous ac- actions earlier this year Yeah, in yeah. March. And the law was passed in April. Have you ever seen a law pass that quickly? So.
1: And it's not just happening in New South Wales, apparently. Like, Tasmania and Victoria have also had either bill proposals or passed laws in recent months as well to do with environmental protests. So, yeah, it's all kicking off quite a bit. How have you felt about it this week, watching what Blockade Australia have um, done?
0: Look, it's, it's tempting for me as the middle-aged guy from the suburbs and you as the young woman in your 20s for me to play old fogey <laughs> and, 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 and go, don't disrupt a city to make your point, um, and for you to go, yeah, you go, girls, um, <laughs> and guys, or whoever they were, um, but I'm sort of on your side. Um, yeah, there is part of me, Elfie. There is part of me that thinks the way to co-opt the public into a movement is to bring them towards you, not push them away. Um, but there's also times just to say, "I oh, screw it, I'm pissed off." Yeah, and, you I know, agree. I, I've got I've got a hero. My hero is Peter Kalmus. He's the um. We've mentioned him once before on the pod. He's the uh, American NASA jet lab scientist who doesn't fly, even though he works in NASA's jet lab <laughs> for climate reasons. And he's the guy who chained himself to Chase Bank in Los mm. Angeles. And and <clears throat> he said, look, I tried writing scientific papers. Uh, I tried sharing uh, the evidence on social media. I tried myself, and I continue to le- lead a green lifestyle, um, but at some point i'm just too angry about it yeah so, right
1: that's fascinating i'm not
0: urging everyone to go out there and block the harbor tunnel to, to to tomorrow or every day of the year but it was one day of the year and if people are angry it's better they do that than than hurt someone or or or, oh, or totally. damage something
1: yeah.
0: uh, i think disrupting movement is 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 better than damaging property or something. So, as I say, well, I have got a tiny bit of old fogey in me who, 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 you know. <laughs> and
1: I, you're not that much of an old fogey. Oh well, that is very, fine. very kind. I I, <laughs> I,
0: I, I, respect them. And look, we asked people, didn't we, on our Twitter, and we wrote about this in our newsletter last week. Uh, we wrote about Steve Price, who was, who was very much the, um, the old fogey uh, on the oh, project gosh, on a previous ec- yes. episode of the project, uh, and indeed, New South Wales Deputy Premier Paul Tool said go and get a job, which which was the most hilarious thing anyone could have said. This was the same week they had gifted John Barilaro a job <laughs> in New York and he's telling people to go and get a job. Bad language choice, Paul Toole, New South Wales Deputy Premier. Yes, But um, back to our poll. Um, we asked people, what do you reckon blockading the Sydney Harbour Tunnel? We specifically asked... Most of you said fine. It's a climate change emergency. Forty-three percent of you. Um, only sixteen said not nah, too drastic, and forty percent of you said oh, I've got a foot in both camps.
1: Forty percent of you are fence sitters. Fence sitting oh, is <laughs> not the worst thing to do, but, <laughs> yeah, but sure. you know,
0: wrong a bit too drastic was only sixteen percent. So I think I think the time for action is is clear. Uh, these people are showing it. Um, I almost say good on you, Blockade Australia. What's your final word to Blockade Australia?
1: Look, I don't think that we should ever encourage illegal activity, and I don't encourage, um, you know, breaking the law, doing things that are against the law. But I will say, and I'm not—that's <laughs> not a but to the sentence. Yeah. What I will say is about the conservative, angry reaction to protesters like this. If you think this is disruptive. Wait 20 years to see the effects of climate change. You're not going to be driving your car easily down the road in 20 years based on the way the world is heading. There
0: you go, Elfie. Well said. You're, you know, 32,000 people in Sydney today whose homes are being evacuated. Yeah, That's,
1: exactly. They're,
0: they're a little bit disrupted as well. Yeah, All right, could All right. argue. Well done, well done. Let us move on. Let's move on to mulch. Our little bits and pieces that we throw in at the end of the podcast, little things that came across our desk this week. Hey, guess what? The EU is banning fossil fuel cars from 2035 onwards.
1: Oh, which okay. Which ab-
0: absolutely blows my mind. Um, look, there was a, a meeting of environment ministers of the, the 27 EU nations in Luxembourg on the weekend. Have you ever been to Luxembourg?
1: I've never been to Luxembourg.
0: No one ever goes to Luxembourg. <laughs> I feel sorry for Luxembourg. I'm going to be, so I go to Europe, which doesn't happen very often. But if there is a next time, I'm going to go to Luxembourg. <laughs> In Luxembourg on the weekend, they said uh, they, they, they they got a few things done. They're they slashing uh, greenhouse gases by at least uh, 55% of 1990 levels by 2030. 55%, the old level was 40%. So they're scaling up their right. reaction, which okay. is terrific. And they're also phasing out uh, fossil fuel cars. Um, this was a bit of a problem because they're still more expensive. I was surprised to learn that even in Europe, EVs are more expensive. Right. We know they're way more expensive in Australia, but they're still more roughly almost double the price of a fossil fuel car.
1: Wow, that's huge. It
0: is a lot, isn't it? So, there's a 60 billion, 61 billion euro fund Uh to help low-income citizens buy their, their next cars, yeah, yeah, and and cope with the transition for 2035 30, onwards. Fantastic! So I thought that was a bit of good news. What do you got?
1: Yeah, I love that. Uh, okay, so I am going to tell you about. Fish robots,
0: yes, of, of course you are. Yeah, yeah.
1: obviously. Um, so I came across some research this week that found that researchers have created a tiny little fish robot that's about fifteen millilitres long. All right, I'm showing Ansh the photo wow. of it on the desktop. Yeah. They look weird. They look like uh, they look like they've been drawn on with Microsoft Paint. Essentially, like f- <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't look right. Look. Um, so, but these tiny robots are extremely fast swimming, and the reason that they have been created is to absorb microplastics. So basically these tiny little fish get into like crevices in the ocean and they suck up microplastics and then they go and deposit them somewhere else, Uh, which I think is kind of fascinating. I'm not sure how many of these tiny 15 millimeter fish you would need to actually suck up all the microplastics in the ocean. But still, it's kind of cute.
0: Um, What's the worst that can happen? My brain goes to cane toads, but but you know, <laughs>
1: <laughs> robot fish gain sentience and then come yeah. and kill us all. That's obviously what
0: happens here. <laughs> well, all right, but we do have look. That that is good news ostensibly, uh, isn't it? <laughs> but we do have some definite good news Ooh, on on the yes. critter front, and we love good news on the critter front. Have you ever seen um? Have you ever seen a quokka?
1: I yes, I have seen a quokka in photographs, not in real life.
0: Oh, I've seen a quokka, and they're just as cute in real life as they are in the photos. And look, in WA, a much lesser known quokka-like thing is the potoroo. Gilbert's potoroo. Gilbert <laughs> Who's was a, Gilbert. He was, I do know, he was a naturalist from, from yesteryear ah. who who went round uh, naming potoroos after yourself as you do, <laughs> as you do. This but. is mine, my potoroo. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, it was nobody's potoroo because they thought Gilbert's potoroo was extinct. But drumroll, what happened next?
1: It is not extinct? That is, is correct. It, it, it?
0: <laughs> well, look, they found them in, in near Albany off, off WA's southern coast um, or on the coast uh, mm-hmm. in, in uh, 94, I think it was. Um, they thought they'd been extinct for the whole 20th century. Um, then they started breeding them. They've just chucked some uh, recently, a few years ago, out on Middle Island, which is off Esperance, a few hundred k's up the coast from Albany. And they are doing well. They've got cameras on Middle Island. They just went and checked the cameras because they had no idea how the poor old Gilbert's potteries were doing. They're having an absolute uh, banging time. Emphasis on banging. Yeah, you would, have, yeah, nice you would have to say, yeah. They are finding uh, joeys of all sizes with the lenses that they have. Uh, oh,
1: that's so cute. I love that news. That's good news. Um, also, you brought another story across my desk desk this week. Mass balloon releases banned in Queensland. What I, are we talking about here? What is happening? I
0: just love the fact that, I, I mean, humans have invented some stupid stuff in in, in the course of civilization. Let's, yep. let's start the frame really big and then let's zap it down to microscopic size. <laughs> Possibly the stupidest thing we've ever... Invented is the mass balloon release. Yeah, I'm to celebrate to something. If,
1: yeah, oh, what are you celebrating by releasing masses of balloons? I hundreds don't know.
0: of bits of rubber and plastic into the air. Let <laughs> them fall on the landscape. Thus shall we be happy about something. It never made sense. The Queensland government knows that, so they've just had a crackdown on all sorts of plastics, uh, microbeads, polystyrene packing. Uh, all sorts of things. Uh, Plastic-stemmed cotton buds. I love that one. Oh, interesting one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the big one, no mass balloon releases. Okay, so this no is a...
1: stupid gender reveal parties that are going <laughs> to yeah. totally pollute the Great Barrier Reef. Exactly. Is that it? Exactly
0: right, exactly right. <laughs> so, well played Queensland government.
1: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, well, that is all we have time for today. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, we would like to pay our respect to the traditional custodians of the land on which we're recording, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We'd like to pay our respect to elders past and present and acknowledge that this land was stolen, never ceded.
0: Very nicely said, Elfie. And i just like to um, absolutely hold a proverbial gun to people's heads and say, you really should subscribe to our newsletter.
1: Oh, no, he's getting angry about it again. Well, oh, God, guys, he's threatening. Look, the
0: last week I was threatening, I got about a dozen people subscribed. And then... The weeks I was nice, they only sort of trickled in. So oh, thank smash you to them the trick thank yeah, you to the tricklers. So listen, this is serious. I mean, you've got to subscribe to Australia's best weekly green newsletter, otherwise you're a loser who knows nothing about the environment. <laughs> Actually that's that's the bottom line. So please, please. Email hello at thegreencanary.co or talk to us on Twitter or uh, where we are at Green Canary Pod or on Insta where we're at Green Canary Media. Get a hold of us any way you can, but get yourself a hold of our newsletter. It comes out every Wednesday. And in all seriousness, it's um, some of what we've talked about in the pod, but it's just a general snapshot of the week in environmental news, in green news, all in one hit. No one else is doing anything quite like it in Australia, so please subscribe And we'll see you next week here on the pod.
1: Bye. Bye.